0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member
1: FDIC. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. He should have McKinnon McKenna racing in shoots and scores. Nathan McKenna. Brandon shoots. Score. Brandon. The Colin long shot. Who's a threat? He scores. Brandon's got. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulet. hello everybody welcome back to another edition of the tell it abs it is podcast on the hockey podcast network i'm griffin youngs joined by christian Bollet as always christian i'm going to start this episode with some calming deep breaths because we finally got a reason to chill out everything we said on the last episode came to pass the abs are fine they beat the st louis blues five to three and and their sixteen game point streak, their first regulation loss in a month. So everyone, follow me. We're gonna do some breathing exercise. Ready? Inhale, hold, exhale. Okay, Perfect. we feel better. Everything fine? Is the sky still falling? Are we still getting swept? Round one. Does anyone still feel that way?
0: Um, I I don't I never felt that way, but I was secretly hoping for you to freak out on the show um you previewed it uh monday's episode i was kind of i I was eager to see what that would be but alas we are we are here and everything
1: a week from now we might be playing game two of the playoffs so maybe we're not that far off from that yet (laughs) i i like to think that i'm a very rational person sometimes i like to think i'm calm uh in the playoffs throw all that out the window i'm a psycho everything that i have repressed during the regular season and everything i've been rational about no in the playoffs i have zero patience absolutely Thank none so you'll you'll get your wish trust me the playoffs <laughs> are not going to be playoffs are not going to be fun no
0: they aren't going to be fun but we are going to have a great time doing it it's crazy to think we've talked about it now for god 4 months and we're almost there this is is this the last regular season episode this is, this the, this last is the last regular, regular season
1: episode, episode. The, the next episode we do we will know who we're playing and we will be previewing round 1 yeah like that's,
0: we made it, man. We made it.
1: We're we're Ooh, literally there. We've got two games left. It's a back-to-back. There's one playoff spot left in the West as we're recording right now. And I think we know who it's going to be. And it's not going to be the Vegas Golden Knights.
0: not going to be Vegas. Everyone uh, pay your respects in the chat. Vegas is dead. Uh, or
1: don't pay your respects at all. Piss on their grave while you're at it.
0: Piss on their graves. Um, before we go too much deeper into like, Vegas we're, we're going to talk a little bit about this blues game but we have the Vegas talk don't you worry oh yeah we, the- we
1: will actually. talk about the. we recorded an emergency reaction to them blowing that game to the Sharks yeah. but
0: yeah I add- jumped for context I jumped into a Vegas space by Sinbin Hockey and I was allowed to speak in it um and let and me you tell very you, respectful I was very respectful I was nice I did not troll Um, but we will talk about that more in a little bit, but we got to talk about this blues game first.
1: Yes. As an Um, avalanche podcast, we do kind of have a responsibility to talk about the abs first, but we could be talking about a much worse game than this one. Honestly, this was a fun game against the blues. This is what I knew they were going to win. I felt, I felt good all day leading up to the game. The blues were on a 16 game point streak hadn't lost in regulation in a month. The Avs on a four-game losing streak, and yet I woke up like they're going to win this game. Devontae's back in the lineup, biggest addition by far. Rantanen's still sick. Landeskog going to be out until game one of the playoffs. That's now confirmed and official. But I still felt good about this. I trust this team to get the job done. And they did not play well on the road trip. They didn't. But you get back home, you get some reinforcements, and you play a team that is a genuine threat to you. I trusted this team to wake up and they had a great game from just about start to finish. Yeah. I mean, the last like five minutes, you could say they maybe took their foots off the gas a little bit. I I don't think they did, honestly. I mean, we'll talk about when we get to that point of the game, but obviously that's the thing that was hanging over everyone's head right when the game ended. Abs are up four to one. Blues make it four to three in like two minutes. And all of a sudden it's a super close game. Everyone's sweating like, oh God, are we really about to do this? You look at the two goals the Blues scored during that span. Jordan Cairo completely misses a shot. That shot was going to hit the, the curve of the glass in the corner, but it just barely missed Eric Johnson, who was standing in front of it. And it just hit Ryan O'Reilly in the right way to bounce in the net to get them back on the board. Then to make it a one goal game, Paolo Vucenevich just had one of the most amazing plays I've seen all season. Just a, an amazing pass to O'Reilly nothing anyone could do about that. Like Kemper didn't even know where the puck was. Nobody knew that he was going to do that. Like there's nothing anyone could have done about that.
0: It's a beautiful play. It reminded me a lot of the JT Comfer uh, goal that Miko Rantanen gave him in the Maple Leafs game. Like just completely had the goalie going the wrong way. I I looked at it and I just chuckled. I was like, there's absolutely nothing you can do about that. Like the defense is there, it's set up, but it's just a perfect play.
1: Yeah, and I thought they answered those two goals very well. Obviously, the Blues had a ton of pressure. We have to acknowledge the Blues are a good team with a lot of depth, a lot of forward talent, and they smelled blood in the water, and they gave the abs everything they could handle. They rang one off the post. The abs held strong and kept the puck out of the net. They won that huge draw on Ryan O'Reilly and had a super easy empty net goal. I'm not at all discouraged by the fact that game got close.
0: No, it's actually probably a better thing in the long run that it did get close because um, you need to get that you need to get those juices flowing for because you can never you can't replicate those types of situations in practice
1: you just no, can't you can't and those are going to happen in the playoffs there's yeah, going yeah. to be a time in the playoffs where this team does blow a lead every single team is going to do that in the playoffs if they go on a run if you didn't you probably lost early there's going to come a point in time where that happens all the momentum's on the other side you might be on the road too this is good practice for stuff like that and they didn't. They weren't really the ones who made the mistakes on. It's not like they gave up two on ones or Kemper got beat by a bad goal. It was a, a lucky play. It's hockey. Bounces happen, and then a perfect play, which also happens from time to time. What matters is how you respond to it. I thought they responded well.
0: I thought they did too. Um, the it, it was it sucks that game got close because really the Abs did play their best game in probably like two or three weeks. I'd say.
1: I would definitely um, say. They dominated like, that, like 90% of this game. Yeah.
0: Like the first, like the first two minutes of this game were probably the slowest two minutes I've ever watched in hockey. There were like 20 whistles.
1: There was and no flow to this game. No flow.
0: And then they really started to open up a little bit. Uh, Jordan Lennington. Um, I know how to say his name. I just like to put the L in front of it. Um, was in net And he, he got away with a couple, a couple in that first period. And and then the second period, the floodgates opened for the avs like they they fucking took it to St. Louis. And Griffin, would you guess who, who scored for the avs in that second period to open the scoring?
1: I mean, you'd he's think it's big, home, you'd, you'd think it would be someone on a hot streak, right? Yeah, he's a big Russian dude. Hmm. Not Zaki, not Nikita Zadorov. Okay, well that was good. That was going to be my first guess. Yeah, but sorry,
0: sorry, not D- uh, not Nikita
1: Zadorov. Uh, Val Nishukin, I think Nishukin, yes. Yeah, is that what the broadcast said his name yes. was? Val
0: Nishukin and Andrei Bur-
1: Burakovsky. Burakovsky. That's what they say. Just to interrupt you and in what you're going to say in a second, I cannot stand these broadcasts sometimes. Where is the W in Burakovsky? This is a problem all the way back in Washington. This has been since day one. For some reason, they say Burakowski. Where's the W? <laughs> it's funny because I really like Steve Lee. We
0: were we were pumping his tires at the. Uh, he was the best ESPN announcer, and he had a rough night last night. The whole ESPN broadcast had a rough night. Did you? Were you noticing? Like, was your audio cutting? The out? audio
1: cutouts. Yeah, it was happening all game. Like that was happening all the time, and
0: they, they had a rough, a rough broadcast and i i don't get what espn's doing they have these people between the bench and they maybe talk like five times it's very weird it's very very weird um aj molesto was great but yeah steve levy had a rough night rough night in the booth
1: Um, i I, I just don't get it his name is literally on him like you don't even have to remember it it's on him and you have a piece of paper in front of you that clearly shows that is a v there's not another one that makes it a w it's one it's bura Kav. Ski, not Kouch. I never understood where that comes from.
0: Uh, like, that's just how it goes. But
1: Nishukin was was more forgivable for me because that's at least somewhat close. You at least have like the right letters. Yep. But yeah. my god. Or not don't don't forget, was it TJ Comfer too? Yeah, TJ says, Comfer but,
0: scored tonight. Yeah, that was cool. I didn't even know we had a TJ Comfer, so that was cool. Uh, there was uh, there was
1: more, but go ahead.
0: Yeah, there was more. But you mentioned Val Nishukin. Um he was, again, just a force to be reckoned with in this game. A goal. Did he have two assists or just one?
1: I, I was looking at the pronunciations. Who was this?
0: I, Val. I think he had yeah. a goal and an assist.
1: Maybe Val just, had a goal and an assist on the Lekkonen goal. Yeah. So
0: Big Val is making a case that even when Landy comes back, maybe Val stays on the top line with Miko and
1: Mac. Like, he is you playing that role. That- you have that option that you can do that. And maybe for game one, that's not a bad idea. You yeah. start out yeah. the yeah. talent because like, we're, n- we're not going to see Landis Cog until game one, whether it's Dallas or Nashville. And I don't think it's going to be that big a problem with Gabe just because he's such a – he's Gabe. Like, he's, he's a psychopath. psychopath. Yep. And I really don't think he's going to be missing that much of a beat. But maybe for the first couple games, you keep it that way because foul just works on this top line sometimes. Yeah. And you throw Gabe down there with uh cadre and Lekinen, that's a lethal duo too.
0: Yeah, that's a really good line. And I it's just the Avs have a ton of options when these players are coming back. Granted, when you make it through these last two games without any serious injuries, because collar pulling
1: around the league, yeah. Other teams have not yeah. at all.
0: Other teams have not. And I think that's really what's interesting is a lot now. Basically every playoff position is clinched. So you're gonna have some teams rest in guys because they don't want to get hurt.
1: Yeah. Like the um, rain, the Rangers are done and they're essentially resting half of their lineup tonight. Yeah.
0: So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting, but I do think Landy coming back. I think Val makes the case to stay on that top line. Yeah, like like how I, don't, can I Decker... don't know if
1: they, I don't know if they do it, but you can do it if you, you want it, it, He's shown that that is absolutely a viable option. When yeah. has Val Nachushkin had a bad game, Like it's game. really not that much of a risk. Like, oh, you're breaking up the top line of landscape. You're putting Val up there. He's yeah. going to give you everything he has every single shift. And then you throw Landskog Kadri, and out there. That's that, that line's going to make you just want to leave and go yeah. home.
0: It's going to be gross. And like you said, Landskog even though he's a great athlete, he hasn't been able to skate for a month. Like now he's finally getting his legs back right. and you, you can't replicate game speed. It's going to take him a game or two to really get going again. Um, I mean, we've seen it with Kadri. Kadri had an upper body injury, and he still was – it yeah. took him like two or three games to get yeah. going.
1: Bednar called him out, and he's like, he has not been good enough in these in yeah. the three games since his return. He, I know he can be better, but he hasn't been good enough. Bednar doesn't usually just call people flat out like that. Yeah. And I thought Kadri had a fantastic game. Yeah, he looked way better in this one. He obviously yeah. had the empty net goal, but just in general, looked good. Only, yeah. played, only played about 16 minutes, which is kind of weird for him. But I think that's also – Bednar trying to send a message and also trying to just slowly get him back into it.
0: Yeah, slowly trying to get him back into it. Um, so Val gets a goal, continues his hot streak. Uh, the second goal was scored by the aforementioned TJ Confer, uh, or no, it was uh, Eric Johnson. TJ Confer set it up with a great move, um, and Jordan Linnington was just nowhere to be found on that goal. I don't know what he was doing in that start of that second period. Um, and Eric Johnson just had a wide open net and the abs go up two nothing. And then the manimal with a haircut, that was weird. He got his haircut.
1: This, this team and their haircuts, every time yeah. they get them, one of them just goes off. You got Comfer with the mustache. You got Manson with the new haircut, who he, which he directly credited for the goal. He's like, yep, that's what it was. And Comfer's mustache apparently gives him superpowers. So what I want for this team going into the playoffs more than any win trip to the barbershop. Haircuts. Everyone gets a fresh cut.
0: Everyone gets haircuts. Um, you know, who would look even like he already looks like a child, but could you imagine? Like, Bo Byron's long hair makes him look older. If he were to cut his hair, I think he'd look like a 12 year old. Like, he, he, he's just, he's still at that age where like a haircut makes a big difference on how young you look. Um,
1: him and Makar.
0: Yeah, him and Makar. Like, that, that's just where it's at. So, Bo, keep the hair. Keep the hair, man. You, you need it. It makes you look more scary and intimidating. Um, but Josh Manson gets a goal on, like, that goal should not go in. I don't know how that one went in. Gordon um, Bennington. Yeah, like, that. that's how. But Avs go up 3 nothing. They're cruising. Um, and then the Blues get a late second period power play goal, which I got to give the Blues credit. Did you see that stat? They have a 29% pow- power they play on the road. One
1: of the best power plays in the league. And that's, I think their really I, was it their power play or their penalty kill since like mid March is like ninety penalty kill. Obviously, yeah. their penalty kill is night. Imagine ninety six percent power play. Jesus, ninety six percent penalty kill it is obviously the best in the league since that stretch. Avs did go over three on the power play in this game, but special teams for the Blues is outstanding, and they yeah. get a power play in this game from Brandon Saad, who I do miss dearly. Yep, but. Uh, really didn't feel like it made that big a difference in momentum. It kind of just stopped the the bleeding for the blues at that point, after three straight, the blues
0: didn't have a shot for the first 10 minutes of the second period. Yeah, and we're talking yeah. about a really good
1: offensive blues team. Yeah. The, yeah. the offense is the strength for the blues. Yeah, they're they're, fantastic. Their defense is okay. I would say, but forward depth wise there, I, I wouldn't say they're even that far behind the abs in terms no, of, depth. they are. And they had a bunch session? of, they had a bunch of guys out tonight too. Yeah, they, they had, had Perron out. Yeah, Peron out. Shen was out, and someone else was out. Who was it? Yeah,
0: I can't remember. It was a big one though.
1: Yeah, it was someone else important too. Yeah, but yeah, there was Perron was like a last second thing. Shen was out, which I I think is significant because he is very aggressive against the Abs. Yeah, he does not like us.
0: No, and Kog wasn't out there to defend the rest of the Abs because Landy is Braden Shen's daddy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I. It was it was a good good game from the Avs. You needed to beat a team that had this many players out. The Blues were doing basically what the Avs did the week before. So yeah. you needed that. Um, I'm surprised we've gone this far into the episode and haven't talked about the MVP of the team returning and just solves every problem on the face of the earth, and that's Devon Taves.
1: Um It's not a coincidence at this point. It really yeah, isn't. It's Taze, not. Taze misses the first month of the season. They go at like 500, maybe yep. slightly below that. He comes back, 50 wins, leaves again, four-game losing streak. Yep. Draw your own conclusions. Like, this guy is so important to this team. And defensively, they looked so much better. They looked so much better. And McCarr looked like – McCarr was unreal against Seattle,
0: but he looked even better with Devontae. No, he's just – he knew he had a safety blanket.
1: Yeah. He knew he had a safety blanket. It's what I said last episode. Losing Taze stretches the lineup so thin because he does everything. Everything he does is when he's out is something that can't be replaced. And also you mentioned Byram earlier. He had a great game. He got bumped down in the lineup. He's facing lesser competition and looks fantastic. Taze covers that role, fills it perfectly, gives Makar his partner. All of a sudden things are fixed. Like that's, it's not a coincidence. It's
0: not a coincidence. He, He is truly, he may not be the MVP stat wise, but he is, he's the MIP. He's the most important player. Mike, he, he is the key to everything for this team. And thank God we have him locked up for another two years. We don't have to worry about that for another two years.
1: Um, That man is going to get money when that contract is up, especially if he plays like this for every season after this, I genuinely would not be surprised if he came close to Makar, not, not Makar money, but But if he hit the free agent market, every single team, is lining up to pay him. It does not it, matter who.
0: It would be the most Joe Sakic thing, though, to sign him to a contract next year for like $5 million. Give him like oh, a $1 yeah. raise. Like, well, let's see what, sign we'll, him to a four-year extension for like $5 million.
1: Yeah. I mean, let's see what sackett can do with Nachushkin. If he can if he can sign him for under six, massive Really, you
0: think six is where he's at?
1: For Val and what you he think? does after this season?
0: Oh, man. I think he's a case of he's in the perfect situation. I, I just – I think five is what he could get max.
1: Val, I think he's going to get five, but Val is worth more. You yes, no, I every single model more. that you look at, so I've seen some models have him at like eight and a half with like what he does on yeah, both ends of the ice.
0: You, you can't – like, I don't know. He's been great for the three years he's been with us now, but I just uh, – there is going to be a team that probably will throw that type of money at him. I just – I don't know if Sackick like, We'll get into that in the offseason preview. Yeah, but yes, he is. He's the Val, Val's been great. Devontae solves almost every problem you have defensively, and it's just. I, I don't know what else to say about Devontae. We talked about it on the during that four-game losing streak, just how important he is. I don't think he had a point in this game, but he he just is such a safety blanket for Kale McCarr and just helps him tremendously. And like you talked about with Bo Byram, he looked the best he's looked since he came back. And that's because he's going up against third liners and he's going up against third pair defensemen.
1: Yeah, and also it seems like he's gotten his confidence back too fully. Not that he didn't have it before, but it's also he's played almost more than half of a month now. And he's he's got all of his legs back. He's got all of his skill back. He looks great. He looks ready and raring to go. And now that the defense is fully healthy and he's not being relied on to be the guy besides McCarr, it's been outstanding.
0: Yeah. And he will be
1: that guy in the future, but like, don't, don't get us wrong. Like we're not
0: talking like Bo Byron's was going to be a third pair defenseman forever. He'll be, I think next year he may make the jump to second pair. If he can stay healthy. And he, I would but, argue
1: he is a second pair right now. Just yeah. the way, the way the lineup is, it's just, there's no space.
0: Yeah. He's fantastic. And he's going to score in one of these last two games. He's just been getting way too close to not score. Um, and that goal is going to just – it's going to be a fountain of goals for him and points because once that first one goes, it's going to be crazy.
1: And uh, what's coming up soon, the playoffs. The playoffs. And you play get off. a confident Byram that gets a goal off of his back.
0: You, you can't and ask for much more. We talked about – I mean, the, the, you're talking about throwing out a third-pair defense of Bo Byram and Eric Johnson.
1: Yeah, and also That's- Eric Johnson is the number six guy.
0: Yes, we 100%. Know that now. 100% it's Eric Johnson. Um, that time off, I think, really helped him. That was a really smart decision, as usual, by Joe Sackick and Jared Bednar. Get him fully healthy. Um, he just adds at least the slightest element of offensive ability.
1: It's, um, hard, to, it's hard to miss on that much of it. Okay? Yeah. I mean, it's Jordan, yeah. it's Jordan Bennington. He's just – who knows what he's doing at this yeah. point.
0: He's Jordan Bennington. But Jack Johnson has one goal this year. Um,
1: and just I don't I mean, think there I mentioned this a little last episode. I don't think anyone's stock took a hit more than Jack Johnson in April. Yeah. He had a terrible month.
0: He had a bad month, but I do feel confident if he's my seventh defenseman. I feel good about
1: that. I well, Ryan Murray, I think your seventh now, depending on yeah. depending on if he plays in the regular season and how he looks, just the with the way Jack Johnson played, especially when guys were out, especially during that four-game losing streak. I've, I've lost all comfort. Honestly, I, I don't, he ha- he has to win it back and he can't do that without playing, but you're throwing him in for a playoff game. I'm, I'm going to sweat until I see otherwise. That's
0: fair. I mean, that, that's, uh, but if you would have told us we'd have this conversation about Jack Johnson that game 80, we would have told you like, this is a crazy good year for him and he has had a great year.
1: Yeah. He's been great this for most of the season. He's been great. And that's, that's why it sucks that in this month he took such a hit. Yeah, because we were we were penciling him in as number six. That yeah. Eric Johnson hasn't been great, and Jack has. Like it's just that simple. And then script is totally flipped. Eric's been great, and Jack has been bad.
0: Yeah, and that's just that's just how it goes. Um, so yeah, Eric Johnson. I agree. It's probably Ryan Murray. You're probably right there. Uh, it just, it just
1: depends that. on how he looks when he comes back. I mean, it's it's, Murray, it's hard to gauge a guy who hasn't played
0: in a month. Yeah, because Murray was playing his best hockey before he broke his hand on a block shot. Right. So. Um, I think it's Murray, but, um, let's close out on the blues game. Um, I tweeted this out. The guy who scored the fourth goal, Arturi Lekkonen is going to score a massive goal for the avalanche in the playoffs.
1: Yep. You he can book. It. Absolutely. Will him and Val are going to be troopers. What Brandon sod was last year, scoring every big goal for the Avs. Now you got two of them that are yeah. going to do that this year. And Arturi Lekkonen did last year. He's done this before. <laughs> he sent Montreal to the Stanley Cup final against Vegas. He didn't have a ton of goals in, in that playoff run. He had the biggest one in it. And now he's on a better team where he's he's scoring at a clip that we really haven't seen from him in his career before. He has legitimate top six upside. Yeah, And in the playoffs, I think, I think three goals a series, I think is very reasonable for him the opportunities he's going to
0: get, I think he can. Yeah. Um, just with the four check he brings and the, just the net front presence. He is not afraid to get dirty in there. No, he's is is afraid of nothing. Yeah. And he's not the biggest guy, but he, oh. he's not afraid. I mean, that, that goal he scored is the perfect definition of it. I mean, that should not be a goal for any other line on this team, but Val wins a puck battle on a dump in Lecky beats the guy to the front and just jams it in. It wasn't a pretty goal. It was oh. not, but it was a type of goal that you'd expect from
1: those two. Yeah. And that's why I, and also like we were talking earlier about it, you put Nachushkin up on the top line, thinking about it now, I don't really know if I want to split up that duo of and Chushkin. Like ever since I saw them in that one game, that first game against Pittsburgh, I've been on this train. You can't separate those two. That is a, that's the, one of the best duos on the team. And you have your top line of obviously the, the best line in hockey. And then you have your second line of that. That's deadly.
0: It's deadly. It's, it's a really good lineup. Um, And I just need, I I agree with you. I don't want to break those two up, but until Landeskog gets his legs under him, I don't know if there's a possibility of him jumping right back in and playing 19, 20 minutes. I just don't know if that's a fair expectation of him
1: whatever bednar does i will believe is the right decision cuz he has more information on this than any of us if he yeah. thinks if he thinks landeskog i mean also the thing is in the playoffs there's really nowhere to hide and second line first line you're is not really, really given rest? you're not really given landeskog much of a rest either way that's true so you might as well just go all in with it at that point and just get Landeskog back up to speed with them as fast as you can. I guess. Yeah,
0: build that chemistry back. That's fair. I can and see I don't that think it will take that long. Yeah, and you're talking that second line now is probably one of the best defensive lines in hockey, and also and, one
1: that apparently that can score a lot. You've got Val, yeah. who we didn't mention this, twenty five goals yeah. this season. Unbelievable! Unbelievable. You believe that coming into the season? I would have sent you to the psych ward like he has been oh, he's always been good 25 goals from him is crazy even and with the stone hands man he, he could yeah, have 30 if
0: he, if he could if he could a direct buck
1: <laughs> yeah i mean if he if he played early in the season and if he didn't miss a couple games here and there 30 could definitely be on the table i mean still early still two games yeah. left hat trick in a two <laughs> hat trick in a two goal game
0: that'd be fucking hilarious if that but then the
1: you one. also have Nazem Kadri before he got hurt he was going to hit 100 points he was he was going to get there and it's unfortunate. He couldn't get it this time. The ads are just cursed that they're never going to get a hundred point player, even with all their amazing players, but he was going to get there and you get him back and rolling in the playoffs. Now you got Val with 25 goals under his belt. Kadri who was going to score hundred points and Lekkanen who's putting up could, could score 20, 20. points
0: could score the, 20.
1: in a full season, 20 goals absolutely on the table for him. And it can probably go back and forth between him and Val as to who's the most defensively responsible. Cause they're both amazing.
0: They're both amazing. And here's the thing I want to talk about too. This is a crazy luxury. You're going to have, you have a 25 goal scorer Andre Burakovsky going on the third line, right? Burakovsky playoff. Burakovsky is going to feast on third lines and third pair defensemen.
1: Yeah. Elimination game Berkey. Like if, if there's ever a point in the playoffs where our backs are against the wall, you got a secret weapon on your third line that has scored for five straight years in, in elimination games, and every single one of them.
0: And a young budding playmaker, and Alex Newhook, who's going to play with the most, who has playoff players.
1: experience, yeah. who
0: played in the playoffs last year. This is not going to be some new experience for him. And you're telling Alex Newhook he's going to have instead of nothing. J.T. Comfort, J.T. Tomker could get 20 goals, but you're telling me you can give him Burakovsky with Newhook's playmaking skills. Burakovsky could be set up for so many one-timers going into the playoffs, and he's gonna be doing it against third pair and third line like forwards. And that should be terrifying for the rest of the league.
1: Yeah. And you're then you're
0: telling like, me my Griffin, you're telling me my third line at any time, my five players on the ice could be Bo Byram, Eric Johnson, Andre Burakovsky, Alex Newhook, and JT Comfort. Find me a better five against an opposing team's third line and third pair D.
1: There Find isn't me one. someone. There isn't one, especially there, not in the West.
0: Yeah, not in the West. Like it's there's nothing against Berkey. Berkey has bounced back. I thought he's played really good these past couple of games. He had a rough road trip, just like everybody else did. But he's going to get that opportunity to play against those type of players because you're not gonna like you can't throw out the one of the top four defensemen against that line. You just can't because then you have
1: yeah, McKinnon. At some, at some okay. point, your other guys have to play. Yeah. Like, well, damn, we just spent our entire shifts trying to shut down the abs top line and McKinnon, Landis dog and Ranton did a halfway decent job. Jesus Christ. Now here's found the He's got Lekin in with them and here's Kadri who has a hundred points. Okay. They, okay. They didn't, we didn't give up a goal on that one. Oh my God. Now here comes Burakovsky and Alex Newhook and JT comfort. That's an incredible third line. Yeah. And it, it's going to be very, very interesting
0: going into the playoffs because I thought all four lines, just to circle back to the blues game, were fantastic. Like the fourth line of Cagliano Helm and Logan O'Connor were great.
1: Yeah, the depth looked significantly better in this game than they did on the entire road trip. And this was a game where it looked like they were playing for jobs in this one. I thought Darren Helm had a great game in this one. Logan O'Connor looked a lot stronger in this one too. Cagliano looked decent. I thought Nico Sturm looked pretty good too. I mean, there wasn't really a ton of guys who just didn't really show up. This looked like a game where they were hungry and they wanted it. And when the abs want it, who's beating them? Yeah. Who's beating them? It, it's, I don't even think the blues played a bad game last night. No, they, I thought, did. I thought they played fine. I thought they looked, uh, they were missing some guys and it looked like they definitely could have used some guys, but I didn't think they played bad and handed it to us. We were just better. We are just better. I do think Billy Huso is the better goalie, which that's terrifying
0: if you're a blues fan, because you have Jordan biddington locked up for, five more years after this at six, five $0. more years.
1: I mean, at least you, at least you have an option that isn't Jordan Bennington.
0: Yeah. But who's a free
1: agent after this year? So is he a UFA or RFA?
0: I think he's UFA.
1: Is he? I have it right here. He is, he is a UFA. Yeah. Wow. So
0: what are you going to do if you're St. Louis? Wow. Like they,
1: they
0: handcuffs himself. We've seen the bad side of locking goalies up to term and mega money.
1: They're I mean, in trouble. Anyone else could have told you that was a bad idea, but the blues did it anyway. Yep. Blues did
0: anyway. Shout out Bill Armstrong.
1: Um,
0: But like the blues did not play a bad game. Doug Doug. Armstrong. Who's Bill Armstrong? Arizona. Arizona. That's right. Uh, But yeah, the, uh, the Avs played a good game. It got a little close near the end, but I was really, really happy with how that game went. Even if the blues would come back and won that game, I still would have been like, okay, like, I would have come like on here
1: upset that that happened, but not at the team. Like, mm-hmm. just like, of course, right? We played this great game, and of course, they get three ridiculous goals to tie the game. What the hell are we supposed to do? Yeah, I would there's probably a- that would probably discourage me more. Be like, we played great and we lost anyway. That sucks. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't be mad at the team because they played a great game, and sometimes that happens. And it didn't happen, so there's no it point happened. even no point even wondering about it because they they took care of business
0: and they won. So. That's a wrap for me on that game. Darcy Kemper, like we said, he was great. Again, just three <laughs> deflections beat him and or two deflections and one great play that no goalie in the world is stopping.
1: Yeah. Until the last goal, the Blues were yet to score a goal off a stick. So I'll take that. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hockey fans, feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's right. All you got to do is bet on the Avalanche to win their next game, and you are essentially getting $150 for free. And yes, it really is that simple. And if DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for some cold, hard cash because new customers can make their first deposit and play for free with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up the points for goals, assists, saves, and more. And best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want with no strings attached so what are you waiting for download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now use promo code THPN and bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do that's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook the official sports betting partner of the NHL must be 21 or older restrictions apply see show notes for details now back to the episode now what you've all been listening
0: for, um, we previewed it a little bit on Sunday. We did the emergency interruption with Vegas, losing in a shootout to San Jose. Only to follow it up with Tuesday, they had a must-win game against the Dallas Stars. And they lost again. And Vegas, at this moment,
1: it is... Three to 3-2 Blackhawks.
0: Yeah, it is. No, it's 3-3. Three, three. Oh,
1: oh yes. They tight. You're right.
0: Yeah. It's three, three for Vegas, but it doesn't matter because Dallas is up three, nothing on Arizona going into the third period. It's over. Vegas is dead. Yeah. They are dead and it's very hilarious. I will not dance on their graves too much because I think if next year they have even an ounce of injury luck, they could be back to best team in the Pacific because the Pacific division kind of stinks. Um, But at this moment, you trade for Jack Eichel, you trade all of the players away that helped you build this great team for all these pieces. And here you are, year five, going to miss the playoffs. That is, is it arguably one of the worst seasons in like NHL history for a cup contender at the preseason?
1: The only one I can think of off the top of my head, very similar situation when you think about it, is the sixteen seventeen Lightning, who Stamkos like broke his leg or tore his ACL. That's what Charab was out. Before. I think let, Like they were missing their entire team, but everyone understood because like it, what are they supposed to do? They're missing their entire. That's the worst injury luck I've ever seen, and they missed by a point to the Maple Leafs. And then obviously they go they win the president. No, they win the East in the regular season of next year, president's trophy cup. So that's the one that comes to the top of my head for me outside of that, like the Kings after they won their cup. Like I can't, I really can't think of one that even really comes close to this. They that's traded for Jack thing. Eichel, man. You traded for Jack. You got better on paper. You on got paper. better
0: on paper. And I'm not going to pile on Jack Eichel. Like there was that tweet of him going around where he was like rolling his eyes after the loss, but like, He's, he's a good player. He's a great player when healthy. I just, you traded away Alex Tuck, who was a, he was great for the Sabres this year. I can't imagine what he would have done on this Vegas team. He was great.
1: Yeah. He would have been perfect Uh, for them. And And you
0: tried and you tried to do the, I I think that's why everyone was so mad at them because
1: they tried to circumvent the cap. Yeah. They tried to, it literally got to the point where Robin Leonard, for those of you didn't know, there was that report that he was going to have season-ending surgery. Then it didn't happen. And DeBoer was like, well, to my knowledge, he's, he's taking a maintenance day. And we find out two days ago, he is having season-ending surgery. What happened is they asked him to hold it off because they needed to make it fit with the cap because they have tried this hard to get around the salary cap with the whole Eichel shit and to the point where they had a goalie who physically could not play anymore and needed surgery. I, what was it, on his knee or whatever? I didn't. I heard, did they, they thought it was his shoulder. Did they I specify heard what it was? I heard I, labrum. I don't know. That's what we don't know. I think, I think that's what it was when he was hurt before. I don't know if this is a different injury now. I, I actually, now that I think of it, I don't think I ever saw it specified what it was. Regardless, it doesn't matter. They had a goalie who was getting season-ending surgery backing up, who if Logan Thompson got hurt, was going to go in and play because yeah. they had done such a piss poor job at managing the salary cap and with the whole mark stone thing and they're going to miss yeah, they're going to miss and
0: everyone like uh, we for one were included we're like oh they're just faking injuries so they can get away with cap cuz they're going to make the playoffs without a doubt they had vegas what really did their season end i i can't remember when it was they had a five game road trip they lost all five games.
1: I can find that very quickly.
0: Like, it's very hilarious, and as our biggest rival, it's very funny. And I've seen this debate trending on other, uh, like, Twitters and other podcasts that Vegas has. It's Vegas and Toronto are up there for most hated teams. It's like for you me, it's are. Vegas without a doubt. Well, we, yeah, but we're a little biased because we're we're Avs fans. But I asked the guys on Sinbin or the guy on Sinbin, Ken, I was like, why do you think they're the most hated team? And he said, because they trade away everyone. Like even some of their fan base
1: hates them. Yes. This has been a big problem with the Knights for the last couple of years. And I, I thought Sinbin put it perfectly when he was talking with you, is that this team lost all its magic. They traded, They never gave it a fair shot to get another shot at winning a cup after they lost to Washington is they, they went out and got ready but they didn't really trade anyone away at that point. Yuki. When they lost, yeah, they lost a couple people. But when they lost to the Sharks, they didn't really give them a chance to win again. They, they started trading away everyone and acquiring everybody that they could to the point where now I think, what is it? They've got three, four guys left from that original team.
0: Arsha Show, Carlson, Riley Smith. McNabb. McNabb, that's it. And like will Cari-
1: I season. think like will Carrier.
0: yeah. Like they they've given away all the good parts about that team that they were a ragtag bunch of super like underachievers and they were scrappy.
1: I hated scrappy. that shit. So I am an OG Vegas hater. Yeah, I, hated, OG. I hated them in their first couple of months and now everyone's on my side. Yep.
0: You were right. Called I was, it, they were a bunch what? of
1: arrogant little shits.
0: Yeah. They were spoiled. Um, and it, it's, it's a monumental collapse and a monumental failure, but it's just, it's hilarious for us because the whole year we talked about how we're going to face Vegas in the Western conference finals. Now we don't even have to worry about that as an yeah.
1: I mean, there was like, a point in time where like, well, we're, are we going to play them in round one?
0: Yeah. Until last night, I was still like, I was preparing myself mentally for that. And even Ken on Simmon when I was talking to him, he goes, I think the avs sweep the Vegas, this team. And I'm like, all right, dude. Let's not get fucking crazy here, man. Like I, Vegas I, is still Vegas. Like I, I think it would have been like a five game series, but
1: a sweep. Yeah, is- I, I agree with him to an extent that if the Avs, first round Avs, as we've seen over the years, very lethal team, get Vegas a weak Vegas in round one, no mercy,
0: no mercy. It, it would have been it would have been a bloodbath in those first two games, like it was, but it's. It's a cautionary tale for every NHL team that you can only go in, go all in to an extent.
1: Yeah. You got to be smart about this. I think
0: that team doesn't trade for Jack Eichel and they keep Alex Tuck. They're in a much better position today.
1: I think they trade for Jack Eichel in the off season. I think they're in the playoffs. The thing was, is that they traded Marc-Andre Fleury, which is without a doubt, the most unpopular thing they've ever done. Now, to be fair, for those of you that have listened to me like for over a year now at this point. You know that I I brought up the idea that they probably should trade Flurry because he's getting old now. His value's never been higher. And you have Robin Leonard who you just signed this massive deal. Get what you can for Flurry and ride it out next year with Leonard. The thing is, they traded Flurry for nothing, for literally nothing, for no future lead, considerations. And could not have handled it worse. Didn't tell him. He his agent found out on Twitter and they basically just treated him like shit for really no reason. Now, I'm not a fan of Marc-Andre Fleury, the player, the person, I have nothing against him. I felt horrible for him in that situation. He contemplated retirement. That was a horrible way to treat the guy you built your franchise around. That the face alienated of your franchise. Everybody. The face yeah. of your franchise. The face of your franchise. That began alienating everyone. And then the thing that baffled me the most is they took that salary cap for the nothing they got for Flurry, but the cap space that they had and spent it on Evgeny Dadonov who is its own rabbit hole obviously from the trade deadline but that was a fu- they traded for dadanov they didn't sign him they traded for dadanov and his 5 million dollar cap hit and that was all they did and then they got eichel if they just never got dadanov and figured out a way to make the eichel deal happen or just didn't get dadanov and got eichel in the in the season this really wouldn't have been a problem and who knows if that actually would have affected their playoff chances but that's just a massive example of a failure of asset management and cap management and not managing your team and your fan base, upsetting your players, upsetting your fans. They could not have done this any worse.
0: No, it's a masterclass in how not to treat your players. Like if you're a free agent or a trade, like, do you want to go to Vegas? No, to you're not treated as no. a person. You're just treated as a, as a, as a pun here as a poker
1: chip. I mean, they, they really have a Vegas personality to them, don't they? Everything's just super flashy. And when when they're done with you, they spit you out and you're nothing. Yep.
0: And that, that's, if I'm a player, I don't know if I want to go there.
1: No, like, I, I wouldn't.
0: Would, would you be shocked if I tell you next year, if they slump again, that Max Pacioretty's on the move?
1: Max Pacioretty was in trade rumors as recently as this offseason.
0: Yeah. He like, might be
1: in them again. It, would you be shocked? Absolutely and not.
0: It's just, it, it's it's a prime example of how not to treat people and players. And we just need to appreciate the fact that Joe Sackick is one, one of the top five GMs in the league, very smart with his asset management. He went all in this year and really only traded away, Justin Barron
1: and Drew Hellison. Right. That's it. And, like, and Drew Hellison might not have even signed here.
0: Yeah. He probably wouldn't have. And Justin Barron's going to be good. Don't get me wrong. He's, He's going to be, be great
1: with the Habs, but we got in.
0: And- yeah, We got, we got a piece that helps us win not only this year, but next year too. Yeah, and potentially
1: three, four years down the line because he's he's an RFA, and we're gonna probably gonna give him a good deal.
0: Yeah, so it's we're at a point right now where it's I, I don't know how teams don't look at like why do, wouldn't you want to build your team? I granted it's hard to build them like the Abs because the Abs had what four top ten picks.
1: Yeah, and, I mean like, like Caleb they McCarr, nailed all their picks. Bowen Byram, and also yeah. like people talk like oh, the Abs rebuilt, They didn't really though. Like they already had Landis Gog, they already had McKinnon. They already drafted Rantanen before their 47-point season. They got Kale McCarr out of it. But the reason this team got good again is because Joe Sackick is the best general manager in the league, got a load in the Matt Duchesne trade, got Val Nichushkin for nothing, got pride Burakovsky out of Washington, and just Devontae's as well. That's not really much like typical rebuilding stuff. You forget
0: Kadri too. You trade Tyson Berry.
1: There's just so many examples of it. There's an entire section of our offense that is just smart moves and defense as well perfect compliments that's how you build a team vegas just throws first round picks and money at everything and takes away the part like hey these guys actually have to congeal as a team and people have to actually like us
0: and And they didn't trade it's not like they traded for like when you look at all the trades the Avs made Kadri was probably the oldest and he was what 28 when we got him
1: yeah he wasn't like, old when we got him you're He's he tra- on that amazing deal.
0: Yeah. You traded for Mark stone, who now you have the back concerns. You traded for patch Reddy, Who's always had injury concerns. You have Jack Eichel. Granted, he's looked great since coming back from neck surgery. He, he's still got a severe neck injury and you have Alex Petrangelo who's been great, but he's how many good years does he have left?
1: Not that many. I don't, I, I don't think Petrangelo has been as advertised. Honestly, I think maybe outside of certain stretches last year, Petrangelo hasn't been what they really were hoping he would be. He mm-hmm. hasn't really changed the franchise. Shea, the- Shea Theodore
0: is their best defenseman. Yeah,
1: I, I agree with that. Shea Theodore is their best defenseman. And also another example of mistreating players, Nate Schmidt. Yep. They signed him to that massive extension and then just dumped him to Vancouver. Trade in him in away. Year, year one or two of that deal. I think it was year one after year yeah, one. I think so. I think it was after the first year of that deal, they just dumped him to Vancouver and got a like a third round pick for him yep and it's just it, it's and that ruined schmidt's career he was bad he's bad in vancouver bad
0: he, he and that hurts that you, yeah. hurt you personally that's i hate you personally because he's a washington guy
1: yeah uh, but, yeah I, I love nate schmidt and he in vancouver was a terrible fit for him and in winnipeg he looks like he's having a horrible time vegas has like ruined the last two years of his life yeah
0: it's it's really funny um I, I still am not ready to declare like the ve- this Vegas window dead.
1: No, it's, no, no, no.
0: It's closed
1: significantly though. That's like the, the fact that I'm not willing to do that is why this is so shocking. Because this is one of the best teams in the West. It yes. was coming into this season without a doubt. And they're going to miss the playoffs after they traded for Jack Eichel. But it's, look, it's, it's unbelievable. What is Vegas's window more? You got, what, like three, four years maybe? And I you mean, well, have- honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, it's going to be harder next year because they're over the cap right now. Yeah. And they're, they're- going to have to pay players.
0: And the thing is, is they have no prospects. They've traded no. all of them away. They have nothing.
1: No, I'm, I'm looking at their list right now. It is a whole load of maybes. I I'm looking for a name that I even really recognize. and uh, I'm not seeing one. Yeah. Th-
0: that's been their problem. And the, the Simbin guy talked about it. It was actually really like after listening to him and he, he's
1: great. He's, he is the, he's the best part of the golden Knights period.
0: And even the fans in his space, I thought were pretty good too. Like I wish those were the fans that I interacted with on Twitter because they were actually very calm and, polite and they don't
1: well those fans aren't the ones that go after people
0: yeah but it was i I felt kind of bad for the fans at the end of it like because really like they're going to be bad in five years like they could be like montreal canadians bad in like five years
1: yeah they they could be the 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 dead wings of a couple years ago where it's just they've got all these long contracts and no hope and it takes six years in order to get out of it and I, I i do feel bad for some of their fans because they're they're being attacked at every angle right now did you see the thing the sharks had yeah, the that, was funny. That, that was, was funny. funny but that's like you're like a normal vegas fan and this is the, the kind of shit you have to deal with right now and you know i know i know someone's gonna hear us be like well they've only been around for five years you know tough shit but like not technically wrong but feel bad for them a little bit
0: yeah i feel bad for them a little bit. Um... I, I just think what hurts their team too, they don't really have like a likable player.
1: No, they don't.
0: Like you look at the abs, you're like, who could hate Kale McCarr? Hey. Like he's, just, he's so humble and like, he's just likable. Uh, like Devon Taves, how can you hate that guy? We're also like,
1: like Bo Byram. Who's like, who's yeah. going to look at Bo Byram? Like, yeah, don't like him.
0: Yeah,
1: Alex I, Newhook.
0: It's just hilarious. Um, I, I don't think Leonard comes back next. Like, with, why would, would Robin Leonard, Leonard
1: want to be back? Like, no. They've, they've legitimately driven him crazy. Yeah. And if they bring Pete DeBoer back, there are going to be mass demands of trades out of Vegas. That man is a horrible coach, a horrible player. Good coach. for
0: two years. He's good for two years. Is he, though?
1: Like, was he really that good in those two well, years? they
0: never should have fired Gerard Gallant, but like yeah. Simmon was saying. That's, they- also,
1: that's also the thing about Vegas is that while Gerard Gallant was great for the players and a great coach to them, he wasn't doing what management wanted exactly so they fired him and brought in a guy who does and also alienates the players and makes them feel like shit and calls out robin Leonard, who's apparently like needed surgery the entire season (laughs) and tells him that he's playing like shit to the media yeah like no wonder no one wants to play for this guy he's an asshole i would not be shocked and then you're looking logan
0: thompson's been good but he's not a stanley cup caliber goalie he's
1: He's a he's an emergency call-up
0: yeah He's, he's not, let's just be real. LeWayne Brasaw, he's good, but he's not a Stanley cup goalie. Like if you lose Leonard, I don't even think Leonard qualifies as a Stanley cup goalie.
1: He's good. Not this this year,
0: but who are you trading? Like there's no one in the free agent market. Darcy Kemper is the best goalie in the free agent market this year.
1: And why as a goalie, would you want to go to Vegas?
0: You don't, you don't. This is even though I'd like to think Vegas is windows closed. The more we talk about it, this team could be in for a rude awakening next year. Like this could, this was theoretically one of the last years they had to go for it.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, this was supposed to be the year, wasn't yeah, it? So it? Like, was. Okay. We've got all our playoff experience. We've traded, we've signed and traded for every best player on the market. Patcher ready stone, Jack Eichel, Alex Petrangelo, every big name we are in on all the time, no matter what. And it, it's been a complete and utter failure because there's no cohesion to this squad half of their own fan base hates them the entire league hates them. it's been five years since the golden Knights existed and they've already plummeted their stock to everybody everybody yeah. hates them like I like I'm even shocked by it. I was in the very much minority back in 2017 of hating the golden Knights because I was so sick of them and always hearing about them i'm even I'm shocked to be like wow Everybody hates these guys now. Yeah. I'm not alone here. It's and it's crazy. hard to take that mantle from Toronto. It's hard. It's real hard to take that because Toronto is—they're Toronto. They're always going to be here, no matter what. If they're good or bad, you're always going to hear about the Leafs, no matter what. And yeah, it also it doesn't be- help that Vegas has the worst Twitter account I've ever seen.
0: Yes, by far the worst.
1: It's not. It's actually not even close. How I don't understand how you have a Twitter that bad.
0: It's I, I don't have five straight years. Yeah, how, how they haven't been fired is mind-blowing to me. I mean, they probably get a shit ton of – they probably just look at the
1: interactions like, oh, look, we're killing it with the interactions, bro. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised at all if they do that. And also the same thing is like Vegas like kind of broke the mold in like their expansion season with the Twitter account. Like, oh, we're fun and we're different. We chirp teams. It was fun for like half the season. You can't think. make that your whole Twitter. But then they fired that one and brought in – I don't know if this is the same one as it is now – and it's worse. Yeah, like, I, I don't know what audience they're trying to appeal to with this. This is my degree, so yeah. this is the stuff I see. Fair. I don't know what audience they're trying to appeal to with this, because everyone looks at this and be like, "Dude, shut the fuck up!" Like, I think what, you what could hire.
0: You could hire like a fifty-year-old who's never worked Twitter, and they'd probably
1: do better. Tweet Just hide You can literally build a bot that automatically tweets out the scores and injury updates and like interviews and stuff like that the most inoffensive thing in the world would be better than that.
0: Yep. Um, I'll close on this fun little fact um, because you are, we're wrapping up the show here because we've covered the abs. We'll have more to talk about. The Nashville game um, is going to be exciting. I am still campaigning for me to get Curtis McDermott's game-worn jersey on the ice tomorrow for the giveaway of the fans. So tweet at the abs, tell them I deserve that jersey if I get that jersey, Griffin. It's it's over for everyone else. I will reach peak superpowers, um, but I mean the Nashville game. True, after this game, like, do you care about the Nashville game
1: against the Blues? I only care about it in the sense that it kind of seems like we control who we play in the first round. Correct, because the way it's the way it's shaping up right now is Dallas is going to beat Arizona. They're going to get two points out of that, and they're going to have one game left against Anaheim. Nashville has two games left against us and Arizona two very different teams the Avalanche I mean Dallas right now if they get all four points and Nashville misses out on even one then they get the top wild card spot however Nashville has all the tiebreakers correct so it's basically if we beat Nashville we're probably going to play them is correct much how it's going to shake out barring Anaheim beating Dallas, which I guess isn't out of the realm of possibility. It isn't, but
0: it's, it will be, it'll be, if it happens, I'll be shocked. Yeah. It would
1: be a pretty big upset.
0: And here's the biggest story for Nashville. Their goaltender, UC Saros, who for majority of last year was arguably the best goalie in the league.
1: I'd argue he should have gotten hard consideration.
0: He, He was the most part. He has not been nearly as good this year. Flat out and simple. He is not. And Here's where they're at now too. UC Soros in last night's game against the Calgary flames limped off the ice, could not put any pressure on his left leg and he is out for the last two games of regular season.
1: Yep. And we're, we're not going to find out anything about his health until no. game one for Nashville until game one, but it did not look good. Griffin. It did not it did look not. good. I know I have Soros on my fantasy yeah. team. It did not look good no. at all for him. So- I would be very surprised if we saw him back.
0: If he's back, if he misses even two games in that series, that that's the difference between the abs and Nashville. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, I think Nashville is a better team than Dallas. I would think exactly. like they're a little deeper. I would, th- I, I actually, I don't think the the discrepancy is really that much, but. I
0: Nashville's getting career years from Philip Forsberg, Matt Duchesne, and Brian Johansson.
1: Yeah. Outside of that
0: first line. They got a whole lot, like Mikhail Granlund's good. I'll give him that. And you got Roman Yossi, who is I think opening. I think that's
1: the big difference maker, for me yeah. at least, between the two is Dallas has one line and Miro Heiskinen. great defenseman, probably one of the more underrated defensemen in the league right now is Miro Heiskinen. Nashville has maybe a slightly worse first line than Dallas and maybe just a little better depth as well as Roman Yossi.
0: Yeah. A little better depth, but I don't even... The thing that scares me about Nashville is they're undisciplined and they take a lot of stupid penalties. And I think if the abs blow them out, I would worry about injury.
1: Well, also the thing is they're undisciplined, take stupid penalties in the regular season. Yeah, Who knows how that actually translates to the playoffs when shit just doesn't get called.
0: Yeah. I would say, I'm sure Puckpedia probably has it at like a 65% chance we face Nashville now.
1: I think, actually, I looked at it today. It's actually Dallas. Really looking at all the, all the stuff that I look at the athletic, uh, playoff status and hockey viz hockey viz right now, this is the right day, right? Hockey viz right now has it at Dallas, 56%, Nashville 41, uh, the athletic and Dom decisions model has it 57% Dallas, which is interesting because they're the ones that always have it for Nashville.
0: Yeah. And And Dallas has the significantly easier schedule,
1: right? And playoff status has it 51% Nashville, 48% Dallas.
0: That's fair. I, on Christian statistics, I'm going with, it's like a 70% chance we get Nashville.
1: I agree, but it doesn't, I don't know. I just don't feel it. I don't have any rational explanation for it. It just feels like it's going to be the stars. I, I really don't know. I don't have a good explanation for it, but I, maybe it's just because I've been prepping for the stars for like a month.
0: I've watched almost as much stars as I have the abs in these past two months.
1: Yeah. I've just also, been... oh, you can't take Calgary, Nashville. From... No. That would be every time they play, they go to OT. The, like in the game, Charles got hurt last night. Matthew Kachuk scores with a 10th of a second left. to yeah. we'll tie the game. Calgary wins it in overtime. And oh, by the way, their other two games this season also went to OT and Nashville was a tenth of a second away from sweeping that season series. And two seasons before, you had the Matthew Kachuk in between the legs goal with a second left in OT to win that game in Nashville. And then that same season, Nashville ties that game with under five seconds left and wins that game in overtime. That's their last five games. Give me a playoff series between them, please. Yeah, like Calgary-Dallas just doesn't hit, does it? No, I mean, Calgary
0: probably wins that in five. Like, I've watched Dallas a lot. Dallas is not a good hockey team.
1: They're not. They're going to get a a minus-goal differential. They have one line. And granted, very good line. Jason Robertson, Rope Hintz, Joe Pavelski. Outstanding line. Outside of that, it's Miro Heiskanen is very, very good. John Klingberg's good. Is he? (laughs)
0: He's good. I wouldn't say great. He's good.
1: And I I say good in the most literal term.
0: Yeah, he's
1: tolerable. He's
0: palatable. Uh, that's yeah. what we're looking for. But I I've watched a lot of Dallas. They are they've their regulation wins. They win a shit ton of games in overtime. I think they show a stat in the broadcast that they've won like fourteen overtime games. So it, they're they're good. Like they just aren't
1: good. I was trying. Yeah. to – I nice mean, they everything. have the same amount of regulation wins as Winnipeg. Yeah. Vancouver and Vegas have more regulation wins than Dallas. Nashville is 35. Yeah.
0: It, it, Dallas, they aren't good. Let's be Dallas. real. Dallas is not a good
1: team. They're good enough to get in in the West. Yes. Which is not that big a compliment. No. And it's just Nashville. They just haven't been able to pull away with this. Nope. they they lost out on some big points to Minnesota and Calgary. But we, we've we talked about, though, they have a tough schedule to end the season. Their Their record hasn't been great. No. And if Soros
0: is out, dude, if Soros is out, David Riddick is bad. There's a reason why he's only played nine games
1: this year. Yeah. He's bad. He is. I mean, talk about coming full circle since when we played the predators in the first (laughs) round of 2018, we had the same problem. We came in as the final seed and we don't have a goalie. And now if we end up playing Nashville, it's going to be that, but it's the exact opposite now. And I just think that's funny.
0: It's just the way the hockey gods work, but.
1: I I think it's going to be
0: Nashville, um, which is exciting. We're going to have our podcast brethren from the Catfish on Ice, hopefully on the episode, uh, to preview the series if that's the case on Sunday. Ooh, Mark Stone got hurt. Um, oh, shocker. Yeah. Um, so that'll be a fun one. We'll break if, it all down. If it down. does
1: end up being Dallas, we'll hopefully have the guys on What a Hockey. Uh, Jeff Fink have us on because I had him back on in the summer as yep. well preview dallas's season as well will be fun to have him back on man i'm looking at dave Ridge's stats right now 16 bad, games dude. played 16 games played 883 yeah there's oh, a reason why he's
0: only played that many shit. games and what's uc Saros' stats this year like he's he's come back down to earth he was on an all-time heater last year
1: he's played 67 games this season fucking hell dude he was a 9 even with him starting to crumble off a little bit towards the end which i don't blame him for because his body's probably falling apart it was a 9-18 yeah, like yeah. nashville they rode him into the ground they did not get a backup and now they're pace and what they're happened. The now he's not going to play in the playoffs
0: and you go full circle with the abs we had that same thing last year with grubauer grubauer was great but he played fucking 95 percent of the games because we didn't have a backup goalie Right. Darcy Kemper is going to finish, I think, with 57 games played because I'm I'm assuming he gets the call tomorrow and then Frankie gets the call on uh, Friday against Minnesota. Um, It's it's a luxury to have a backup goalie that you can trust and throw out there and win games because it's going to we're going to reap the benefits of Darcy Kemper being rested in two weeks. Yep,
1: that's exactly it. And so we'll we'll see where all this goes with the playoff race. That's really the main thing with the Predators game. Obviously, you want them to play well. You want the process to still be there. You want to see Ranton come back and play well. The result really does. I mean, you don't want to go into a playoff series against the Predators having lost the season series three to one. But that we're really going to find out if that even means anything in the playoffs this year. So, he, historically, it doesn't. No. Yeah, it all I mean, changes in the postseason. Like,
0: if you go back to when the Avs beat the Flames, they got swept in that season series. Yeah, and if you go back even to 2013, the Avs swept the Wild in that season series, and they
1: yeah. got. Co- Tampa Bay swept Columbus and crushed them in that regular season series, and then Columbus swept Tampa. Yeah, it There's, means Yeah, it really, it really does not mean much. I mean, yeah. if like Boston's going to play Carolina, if Boston beats Carolina, throw every regular season series you've ever seen in the trash. Because Carolina has, there has not been a more dominant series in the league than those two. Carolina yeah. has outscored them sixteen to one in those three <laughs> games. If Boston wins that fucking series, throw everything you it's know. Very they they might, it's Very
0: possible. Carolina might it's the
1: playoffs and everything changes. Yeah. yeah.
0: So. It's going to be a fun – like, we're there, man. We just got to make it through these next two days. It's going to suck having no hockey on Saturday and Sunday.
1: I, I disagree. The buildup to the first game of the playoffs is one of the most exciting things to me.
0: Oh, so, yeah. I, no, I'm just thinking on a person. Like, what am I going to do all fucking weekend, man?
1: Uh, to think <laughs> about it. I'm going, to like, I'm going to sit on my ca- – well, I can Holy tell you what shit. we'll do. hang on. Arizona just scored. It's 3-2. 3-2? 3-2 oh, Dallas. Hold on. It's, yeah. it's 3-3 in Vegas and Chicago, which is what I'm looking yeah. right now. 3-2 for Arizona right imagine? now. Can you imagine? Okay, I just got the notification for the first goal. Yeah. It was a second one.
0: Wow. I mean, all Dallas needs is a point. So even if this goes to overtime, it's not the end of the world. But,
1: but it would matter for our circumstance. It would. If they get one point to Arizona.
0: Oh, my God, this goal, you have to watch. It bounced off two Dallas stars and went in. That is one of the funniest goals I think I've seen all year. It hit Pavelski and then Robertson wow, this is bad podcasting because people listening to this are going to be like, what the fuck are these guys talking about?
1: But uh, Uh, yeah, if if they're still listening, they're probably used to it at this point.
0: They're used to it at this point, but enjoy it. Thank you for listening this whole regular season. We've got a lot of fun stuff planned for the playoffs. Episodes coming after every game. Get ready, folks. You're going to hear these. Terrible voices, a lot. Hopefully oh yeah,
1: when when I, when I like when I start ranting, my voice is going to get way more high pitched. Yeah, like people are going to be like, "Who is this Mickey Mouse on this podcast right now?" So it <laughs> it's all going to be fun. I mean, man, this regular season it feels like it's been forever, but also so quick at the so same quick. time. I've I've never had a regular season like this, and yep. bringing you on, Christian, has been the smartest decision I've ever made. Thanks, you have, man. I appreciate have, it. Even though I'm not also-
0: smart. Even though I'm not smart, it was a smart decision because it at least take I can say a majority of the stupid things, and then you sound smart.
1: Well, it also works both ways as well. <laughs> but having somebody else to do this podcast with, and especially someone as good as you, has made this the most fun regular season that I really can remember. Last regular season, first my first season doing the show uh, was a lot of work that I was not prepared for. And I was in way over my head. And so having you on, I, I appreciate everything you've done. I appreciate everyone, the exponential increase in listeners we've gotten over the course of this season. I've had a ton it's still of fun. Weird. It's, it's still it's very weird. weird. It's still it's very weird. And it still is very hard to think about without overloading my brain.
0: But, I texted you last night. I think I literally said WTF man. Like yeah. you sent
1: me the numbers for this
0: quarter, and I was like, that many people listen. Like it's it's ridiculous. It,
1: it hurts my brain to think about yeah. sometimes, but that's just how fun this regular season has been. The abs have been great for 90% of it. And guys, we made it. This we made is, it. This is the final episode of the regular season. This is what we have talked about since four day months. one. Since, since day one ever ever since the avs started winning again we're like okay let's let's get this moving let's fast forward a little bit Man, it it feels like last week I, after we played boston i said guys there's there's 9 weeks left of the regular season yeah, we're I, almost done but that also feels
0: forever ago at the same time right.
1: it all does like there's so yeah, much I, has yeah. happened and again this this season has been a lot of fun and i hope that the best is still yet to come here i believe in this team i'm excited to do all that we're going to do in the playoffs and everything we're doing on the show, everything with the team, everything with me potentially coming out to, to Colorado and to see that for the first time and come to my first abs game, potentially in the playoffs. I, I, I can't wait for everything that's still to come because this, this regular season has been way better than I ever hoped it could be.
0: It's been great, man. I'm excited. I'm not mentally prepared for the playoffs, but I'm going to put on an act like I am because you can't be prepared for this.
1: Yeah. So no one, no one's ever prepared for the, no playoffs. one's prepared. I mean, so let's just, hope it doesn't even feel clear. real. Does it, that in a week, a week from now we might be playing game two.
0: Yeah, no, dude, I, I'm not really prepared. Like my body is not prepared for the stress it's about to face. And I just got to I got to start mentally preparing. Um, Cause can you imagine if that, if the game, the St. Louis game and we'll wrap after this, can you imagine if the St. Louis game, if that was a playoff game and we're up four one. And like, I would have been insufferable in the arena, insufferable, oh, yeah. but since it's regular season, but we'll be ready. Show's coming after every game. So you could hear our voice three or four times a week, depending on how the, how it all shakes out. And I, for one, cannot wait.
1: Yeah. This is what it's all been about. All season long, just waiting for the playoffs, and I can't wait. I mean, I was talking to you off air. Like, I don't, I don't know which would be worse for me: having the ABS and the Caps play on the same day or different days. Because either we're talking two playoff games in like for six straight hours, or one every day, and I do not get a rest until one of them wins yeah. or is out. I, I, I still don't know which is better or worse, but. First world we'll problems, much, Friday, much, we'll much figure worse it problems out. to have. Friday, we'll finally have our answers. And you know how I know it's time to wrap up the show because Daisy is walking underneath the table, right? She's doing her laps underneath the table. She's doing the laps. I don't know if you heard
0: me. my dog. I got her a new squeaky toy. It has been, uh, she probably she squeaked it a couple times. I had to give her a couple dirty looks, which I hate doing. Um, I don't know if you guys can hear that. her
1: tail right now, but it's hitting yeah. the table that has the mic on it. She's telling me it's time for us to wrap up. So next time you hear our voices, we will have our playoff opponent. It will be either Nashville or Dallas. We're going to be previewing the entire playoffs series by series. We're going to be bringing on either uh, the Catfish on Ice podcast or the What a Hockey podcast to preview the series from the other side, as well as just us shooting the shit and previewing this series. So this is it. This is we it. it. We got two we games it. left. Hopefully, nobody gets hurt in them. And let's just let's get ready to roll. Let's get ready to rock and roll, man. And the
0: Minnesota game, if don't take any stock from it, if I give you a word of advice, treat it like we treated the Oilers game, because yeah. it, it could be a case of where Kaprizov's going up against Ben Myers, number one line center. So right. just mentally prepare for that apps fans that, that could be, you know, take, take a long weekend from hockey, take a long weekend from hockey.
1: There's going oh, to be plenty. There's going to be plenty to stress about. Yeah. Don't stress about these last two games. The most important thing about them is do we beat Nashville and essentially put ourselves in a playoff series with them? That's it. Right. So. so
0: just to pray for it, but that's it. Close us out, Griffin. Let's send all these people on a merry way.
1: Yep. So that's going to do it for this edition and for the regular season of the Tell It As It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Thank you so much to everybody who has tuned in, whether this is your first time hearing us or you've been with us since October when Christian joined, or if you're one of the very few people that has been with me since I started this podcast in December of 2020. Thank you all so very much for tuning in. I know I speak for Christian both when I say that we are just genuinely flattered by all of you and all of the the kind words that you guys have sent us over the months and the support you guys have given us. Uh, you guys are the best. You guys are the ones that make this worth doing every single day. I love hearing from you guys. It's it's still weird to me that I'm like a, a name that people recognize. I don't know if I'll ever get used to that, but uh, it we would be nothing without you guys. So thank you all so very much for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next time with two playoff editions, playoff preview editions of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast. And we'll see you guys then. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at G Young's NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay, and you can follow the show at Tell It Abs It Is. So thank you all very much once again. And we will catch you all next time. Enjoy these final few days of the regular season.